Here's a float saluting the Native Americans who taught us how to celebrate Thanksgiving. Interesting side note on this float, the paper mache is composed entirely of broken treaties. <laughs> They're good sports. The answer is no, Mr. Burns. Not for any amount of money. Not for one million dollars? <gasps> oh, so much money. But Santa can't be evil. It's so much money. And here's the float everyone's been waiting for. Yes, whether you're Christian or just non-Jewish, everybody loves Santa Claus. Oh, he was supposed to be throwing out toys, but he seems to be hurling some sort of candy treats, Lisa. Wait a minute, Kent. That is not candy. That's fish guts. There's Santa! Over here, Santa! What did I do? Ah, the doctor said I could take this patch off five minutes a day. Hey, that's just enough time to see Santa Claus. Ah! Why, Santa? Why? Four-finger discount, dude. Welcome to Four Figure Discount. This week we are here to review episode CABF04. It is Homer vs. Dignity. I am Dando. I am Guy. Mr. Dando, how are you travelling, sir? Yeah, going quite well. We are just discussing off the air that here in regional Victoria and Geelong, we're finally getting out of our lockdown in a couple of days, which is exciting. Finally start visiting people again. I bet it's only one nominated household, apparently, but uh, at least it's just, it's just the, the, the vibe of knowing that we're not getting held to our house anymore. We can go to the cafe and have a, have a brunch, and we can go for a stroll on the beach, and just, yeah, it's nice. Do I have to leave the house? <laughs> I know. <laughs> what I was to people before the uh, lockdown happened, I was like... No, to be honest, there's not much difference between my life in lockdown and out. The only difference is having guests over, and to be quite honest, I like my privacy. <laughs> Mine, I feel much the same, Dando, to be honest. Uh, although, having said that, the lovely Louise was saying yesterday, wouldn't mind going out to a restaurant. I'm like, yeah, That's here. the thing, I mean, yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, we had our... I had my birthday a couple of weeks ago, as you did yourself, and Nicola's birthday is tomorrow. So by the time you guys hear this, her birthday would have been either yesterday or the day before. So happy birthday to my wife, Nicola. But it would have been nice to have taken Nicola out for a, for a dinner for her birthday because, you know, in six weeks' time, it's just going to be absolute chaos here once again with the new baby. But, um, but still, at least we can, uh, we can finally get out eventually. It is all happening at the House of Dando, and happy first A, of course, to Nicola for her upcoming birthday. Now, all the positives are out of the way. Let's get into Homer versus Dignity, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Let's. Now, yes, I mean, um, look, I didn't remember a lot about this episode in the lead up uh, to watching it for this review, but uh, all the talk about it uh, by yourself and by people on the uh, in the patron group was kind of like, oh boy, buckle up for this one. And look, I've got to admit, I didn't, I didn't hate it. Nor did I like it, i got to say. I mean, I got one or two laughs out of there. I mean, uh, of course, it's got one uh, lovely, iconic moment that I think we all enjoyed very much. Um, but, yeah, I sort of came to the end of it going, meh, neither here nor there. I'm, I'm sorry, I know lukewarm reactions are the least fun reactions. I mean, I know we tend to enjoy the extremes, either that was great or that was an absolute nightmare. This was more like just... Um, I don't know. <laughs> kind of a bad dream. I, 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 yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. I don't, I don't hate this episode by any means, but I thought the episode started really strong. The first act, I laughed a lot. I, and I mean, laughed. I thought it was a couple of really standout moments. Uh, but then, 
uh, somewhere in, in the second act, it just became sad because I've got in my notes, there's one thing seeing Homer getting hurt through his own stupidity, right? But then there's another thing seeing Homer just being abused for the sake of someone else's enjoyment because he's trying to support his family. Like that's that, that was the story of this episode was that the family was so poor that Homer was putting himself in these embarrassing situations. But by the end of it, that storyline was just thrown out the window because I was just like, okay, so... Homer's apparently now made enough money to buy every toy in a toy shop. Yet, Lisa tells him, just give that money away. Even though the fact that he got into it in the first place was because the family had no money. So Yeah, don't, what, e- the don't even get me started on that shit. That's, that's going to be... <laughs> actually, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that at the very end when we talk about what we learned from this lesson because I have thoughts on that. But yeah, the whole point of this episode was to... The fact that Homer was trying to make money for his family, which is a story they've done time and time again. I mean, the first episode of the series was that story where he had to become the mall Santa in order to make money mm. for his family at Christmas time. So it was just rehashed. And that's not the only thing. They didn't just rehash storylines. They rehashed jokes in this episode. They rehashed that, lines, yeah. That was the first <laughs> time where I went, oh, no. Oh, oh my. <laughs> so there was, there was one moment where... Uh, so Lisa discovers that Homer is the, was the panda, and she just goes, "Oh, Dad!" After mm. that, <laughs> after that scene with the panda, my my like my reaction was, "Oh, Simpsons!" I mean, so Homer is dressed as a panda. He gets apparently raped by this panda, and like they 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 make they. They imply that he was raped because he smells like panda love. Apparently, according to Homer, so they're implying well, that Homer was actually raped by this panda. Yet it's just a passing gag. I'm like, this is just out of control. Okay, this is the part where I at myself as someone who is you know, possibly quite dubious and maybe even psychopathic. I don't really have a problem with that. But then I grew up in the 80s and I think there was a great tradition of, um, in certainly in comedy films, of uh, human beings getting penetrated by wild beasts. <laughs> Give me an example. Uh, trading places, for one where um, the uh, evil Mr. Beaks, the sort of the corporate fixer, uh, he gets uh, tied up in, or he gets tied up and put in a gorilla costume, the most fake-looking gorilla costume ever, by the way, uh, and he ends up in a cage with supposedly with another gorilla that doesn't look real. But um, I think there's some, there's some line about, oh, yeah, we're putting these two in the breeding cage or something like that. And, you know, it's, it's played for a gag. Now... Is it funny? Eh, not particularly. I mean, I can't recall finding it all that funny back in the day, but nor was I that offended by it. It just struck me as like, well, this is just so ridiculous. It's kind of, uh, I don't know, a, a, an interesting slash quote-unquote fun comeuppance for a, a, a very cartoonish bad guy. So, I mean, that's I guess that's my sort of relationship to relationship to a joke like this i find it too ridiculous to take seriously so i can't get offended by it but nor can i really be amused by it that's my take on it at least well this this episode was based on the magic christian which is a comedy movie from was it the 70s maybe it was like one of George i think Clases. the late 60s early 70s yeah, yeah with what? peter sellers and ringo Starr. i've yeah. never seen it nor have i read the book which um Oh, I'm forgetting who the, who the book was written by. I should, yeah, but I, I know it was one of John Cleese's first roles. It was a, a lot of a lot of famous comedians were in this film, but apparently yeah. it was just not liked at all by critics. It was just panned, panned, panned. So it begs the question. I mean, I get the Simpsons like to base things on obscure references in pop culture, mm. but if you're going to do it on something, try and do it on something that 
you know, at least 50% of your audience may have at least heard of. And maybe And maybe something that, uh, you know, was actually beloved at the time, not something that was critically, critically panned and your audience has no idea what it is because they watch maybe, this episode. Because yeah. the majority of the audience watching this episode have no fucking idea that, that this is a parody of something. And because it's such, because it's such a bad parody of it, you just go, well, why bother? Look, I'm a, I'm a movie nerd and even I don't really know that much about the magic Christian. Like it's just, so, it, was uh, like, it was like it was just, they, were, they went, they just went one step too far, in my opinion. I, I just, the, 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 I wasn't annoyed watching this. I wasn't at any point, you know, offended at all. I was just more sad. Because it, it, it's uncomfortable watching Homer in a nappy just going, baby, make boom, boom. I'm like, this isn't funny. This is just watching a character who I enjoy and I like being embarrassed for the sake of someone else's humor. There's no humor in this. Not a whole lot, no. I mean, look. There's no, pay, there's, no, there's, no, there's no payoff either. There's no payoff. Burns still gets to be a dick, throws fish guts at everybody, and everyone just moves on. He doesn't get... Homer doesn't get any revenge on Burns. Yeah, I must admit, I mean, I wasn't sort of keeping an eye on the clock when watching the episode, but it was like, oh, we're ending here? Okay. Yeah, as, <laughs> as you go. Look, I personally don't think it's a bad concept for an episode. I mean, Homer being so down on his luck that he has to... Uh, you know, degrade himself for money because, quite frankly, let's say I don't know, ninety percent of us who go to work for a living <laughs> are probably doing that, not to this degree, of course. But uh, yeah, it, would, it just struck me as an idea that was um, poorly executed. I mean, reading the Wikipedia page about this and doing a bit of research, it seemed like there was more stuff in this episode, or at least more stuff in the script that was written, and either for time constraints or whatever, they couldn't explore more of it i mean mm. what i read about what was taken out or what didn't make the final cut of this episode i don't know it didn't seem necessarily all that great but i mean yeah this just felt like um yeah you didn't go all the way with this or you didn't explore it or you just ran out of puff yeah it'd be like you know watching the trilogy of the star wars films and then the emperor just getting away and no payoff it's like what yeah. <laughs> There's going to be a payoff here. Yeah. There's a payoff. With just this assumption that it's like, eh, look, everything's going to be okay for Luke and Han and Leia. It's all right. Don't worry about it. They're your heroes. Everything's yeah. going to work out okay for them. <laughs> They're dancing with Ewoks. They're fine. <laughs> hey, my favorite. My favorite moments from this all came from the first act. There was three. So I really, I really liked the cutaway of the financial panther. Get him, Shiba. <laughs> I must have written, I've written here, Financial Panther is cool. <laughs> and then over having the interview with Lindsay Nagel or the meeting and at the end pretending to be deaf mute. <laughs> and finally for me, it was purely the delivery from Harry Shearer of the, what are you doing, man? That is Carl. <laughs> that, that actually was great. <laughs> what? There's just the, what are you doing? <laughs> I thought that, that, that those moments I laughed out loud and then it just, it was over. <laughs> Some good Lenny and Carl stuff in here. I mean, beyond, of course, the, uh, the the wonderful pudding gag. I mean, all Carl's stuff with his word-a-day calendar I thought was marvellous. Mm-hmm. I mean, yep. the fact that he's sort of, you know, messing up, uh, what is it, I concur, and, of course, the word of the day is conquer. That was pretty good. Um, and then the whole, um, yeah, I, t- I like that very much. So, yeah. Um, 
Well, think about favourite bits for me. I mean, I think we all know by now that I'm a sucker for any time that uh, rich snobs are kind of flabbergasted or or offended or get the vapours by something. So, yeah, that uh, that lady turning up twice. First of all, how classy can she be? Says, oh, the, la- the line was too... Um- <laughs> The line was too long in the ladies' room. So she goes to a men's room at a football stadium or something, which is, you know, as you and I both know, being men who have attended a football stadium, Not that's great. the worst place on earth. No. <laughs> there's those moments where you're in line, right? And you're at the front of the line. So I guess you're next. And there's a big line. You've been waiting for five minutes. And then a small little opening opens up. And everyone looks at you like, you better be taking that spot. And it's like, but I don't want to have, I don't want to be that close to that man's penis. If I stand there, I'm going to get flat, uh, splashback on my pants. I don't want this. Like, like, I don't, I but yeah, you're sort of like, you're forced in because everyone's like, dude, we've been here for 10 minutes. You need to get in that gap now. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me of one of the other. Funny little bit, just a very throwaway line, but for some reason it cracked me up. Um, just when Homer some comes tumbling out of the stall in his in his nappy and say, "Yeah, baby, me, boom, boom," and some guy's so offended, not where I pee. I didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> you just tell he's so so shocked that some guy's rolling around in a nappy. Yeah, not where I pee. Yeah, I actually didn't take that into account. The fact that he's laying on the floor. Yeah, it's gross, isn't oh, it? Oh God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Uh, and if I. Yeah, I think that's probably my my favourite moment. I, I, there's a moment that I don't know how I feel about, and it's I, I'm I've been sort of going over it in my head why it's sort is, of is a comic book guy. No, no. no although, okay. yeah, that that's that's again with our um sort of <laughs> lines that are dirtier than you might expect. <laughs> I, um, but I remembered this this one particular bit. But I didn't. I forgot it was in this episode. Just with that little sort of urchin kid who's like, "Oh, is Sandy Claus going to be here?" and then. You know, Lisa tries to be nice. Don't touch me. Nothing gives you that right. I'm like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've used that line. You know, just um, I don't know when I can't come up with a joke of my own, or or you know, in some inappropriate situation. When some when some, when some drop dead gorgeous woman touches you at the club, is that what you say to them? Probably yes. Which is why I went home alone a lot. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think we probably thought this was very funny back in you know the late. In, in late 2000 or whatever. Early 2000s, um, yeah. Yeah, and now that kind of line, I think you hear that kind of line coming out of a lot of kids' mouths very seriously. And of course, you know, look, kids of course deserve bodily autonomy just like everybody else, but uh, I don't know, maybe it's not as funny as it used to be. Next question. You there, eating the paste. Trivia for this week. Kick off, Mr. Davis. Oh, okay, then fine. Uh, da, da, da. What does uh, Mr. Burns want from the candy machine? Ah, uh, no, didn't pay attention to that. What was it? He wants two pounds of Bristol's toffee. Bristol's toffee, God, that is right. Now, I actually was thinking, once that story started with Homer and Burns, I was like, how could this episode have been slightly improved? And, I mean, obviously, this is a similar story to... Um, we'll get into it as well. So, Smithers' side story of doing the play, they didn't divulge into that anywhere near enough. I mean, that was a subplot in its own sense. But, Absolutely, but um, and what we saw of the play actually seemed quite good. I didn't mind it. Uh, was that was that Smithers? Yes, doing, I mean yes, that was him as well. Yes, he was in yep. it as well as he wrote it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought this might have been better if Burns was left alone, and you know he's just in the cafeteria and he's like, I'm bored. I've got nothing to do, and maybe he and Homer just do pranks together just to pass the time because Burns has got nothing else to do, right? 
rather than Burns paying Homer money to entertain him, I feel like seeing Burns, you know, like lighting dog shit on Skinner's doorstep or whatever and lighting and running away, <laughs> that would have been funnier. Him, him doing the actual, him, him just being a larrikin and having fun pulling pranks with Homer to the point where they pull the prank on the wrong person and then they've got to get themselves out of the situation. True, true. But I mean, I do like the idea of, uh, well, first of all, Burns being a bit of a psycho and a bit of a, <laughs> and a bit nasty, which we all know he is, but sort of upping the ante more and more and raising the price more and more to see how, yeah, what well, the episode is titled Homer versus Dignity. You know, who's going to win, Homer or Dignity? Um, <laughs> And uh, neither. No, I, I certainly see where you're coming from, and yeah, I think that would have been equally effective. But I, yeah, I, I like the idea of this. I just don't like the way that it was executed. Yep, fair enough. Uh, my first question is: whose desk is usually the cleanest? Uh, it's Martin's. Mm, Martin's. <laughs> Mr. Burns says the comic book guy is eating candy like a what? Oh, no, no idea. But my my next question is: what uh, what candy was he eating? So you tell me first. <laughs> Okay. Well, he, he was eating beep candy like a, like a Spaniard. Like a Spaniard. Okay. Yeah. Um, yes. do, they, do they enjoy their candy in Spain? Do they? Uh, I'm not sure. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where he sort of pulled that from. That's like my dad's saying. My dad just like makes up random things. Like he'll say purring like a hillbilly. And I'm like that makes no sense, Dad. <laughs> what, are <you> talk- <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> or he'll say laughing like a mud laughing like a mud crab. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean, Dad? Laughing like a mud crab. <laughs> Oh, God, I, I have never heard either of those. Do Perry you have like any ones like that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Do you have any sayings like that that you use? I mean, not necessarily nonsensical ones like you like your dad's, <laughs> but I mean... Um, but I mean, I have head. one like that where I'll often say, oh, mate, couldn't be happier if I was twins. Okay, yeah, yeah, fair enough. I um, Which actually which well, actually well, makes sense. Well, we, we say like a, pig in, like a pig in shit, which is... Well, a lot, of people, a lot of people say. No, I can't think of any off the top of my head. That I, I would obviously use a lot of them, but off the top of my head, I can't think of any. <laughs> and also, there are some that have just, you know, we can't really say in polite company these days. <laughs> uh, oh, my next question is, oh, no, my next well, question was, did, what type of candy was it? Do you know what it was? It's Peeps. Yes, Marshmallow Peeps. I've never tried them either, no, but we, we do sell pot vinyls of them, so maybe I'll just get you one of those. You can try that. Maybe microwave it for a bit. <laughs> yeah, that'll end well for everyone. <laughs> uh, next question. Uh, my next question. How much money uh, was Homer's last uh, versus Dignity payday? Uh, $903. Oh, you are 100% correct when you say awesome. $903. Now, I, I, how, how in God's name, we'll, we'll get into it, how in God's name did he have enough money to buy all the toys in the toy shop? Like he was making $4, $8. I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, what, uh, sorry, uh, how many years worth of immunizations did Bart and Lisa receive from Mr. Dr. Hibbert? Uh, they got six years worth. Six I'm years right. worth, correct. Well done. Oh, excellent. Um, the Native American float in the parade was papered with what? Uh, uh, broken treaties? 100% right. <laughs> what, what, what's the line Brockman says? Something like that. They're, they're, they're good sports or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how much per month does Kirk pay in child support? Oh, I want to... $68? Correct. Well done. I like the line about weekday dad. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but the thing is, how expensive were DVD players in 2000? I guess they were pretty expensive. You must have been saving for, what, six months? <laughs> Yeah, I imagine so. Well, um, I think I got my first DVD player in 2000 or 2001. 
I'm trying to remember how much we threw down for it. It was probably somewhere in the neighbourhood of, I don't know, 200, 250, nah, maybe well, 300. I, I remember my our first DVD player at home. Mum and Dad got it. It was $495. It was a Pioneer, and it came with oh. Dumb and Dumber on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to remember the DVDs that uh, that my first one came with. Um, maybe Gladiator? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, Gladiator was... I remember that, actually. Gladiator used to be one that used to come with it. Yeah, because it was like the you know, crystal clear, the fight action sequences. Um, oh, yeah. It was Dumb and Dumber, and I believe it was maybe Loser. You know that movie Loser? Oh, yeah, with Jason yeah. Biggs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm the, pretty sure that's what came with it. Yes, with Teenage Dirtbag on the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. It's the only reason I wanted to watch the movie. Love that song when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> um, when exactly, according to uh, Homer... Did the Simpsons fortunes sort of just turn bad? When the cold snap wiped out the homeless people, hobos? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep. The cold snap <laughs> killed off all those hobos. <laughs> and finally for me, what type of raise does Homer request? Oh, uh, colossal? Whopping. Whopping. Nah. Close. <laughs> uh, I believe I, I'm just going to say it was a tie I wasn't keeping score but I think we are we both got it there an even amount of answers correctly I, th- there, so I, I well think on, we so. both did pretty well this time around so yeah virtual handshake to you yes alrighty now it's time for some new names from this day forward your names will be now before we get into the new names we need to read out our $20 patrons we've got Jordan Molman Richie Nick Barbaro Andrew Zer, Christopher Darby Chris Malion Will Manthorpe Ben Smith Noah Daniel, Matt Thompson, Mark Boston Burgess, Alex Rodriguez, Tom Pickering, Kane Von Nagy, Josh Hedge, Sean Davey, Keith Nedham, Sam Bennett, Timothy Belson, Brandon Twitchell, Nick James Bitch, Cal McDonald, Shannon Hofer, Nicole Catalina, as well as our man George McMenemy. Also, thanks to our new $5 plus patrons, Luke DePuzo, Jack McCarthy, Richard Borelli, Slim Vader 84, Matthew, that's all I got, sorry mate, just Matthew, Chris Moore, Sohan Salibi and Jade Fairley. Thank you so much for your support guys. Alright Mr. Davis, the current leaderboard stands as this. In third position we have a tie. It is Alistair Danik and Jasper Bruce, both on three. In second position, D.L. Gorman on five points. And in first position on top of the hill is Garoad Harahill on six points. So let's hear some of your notable mentions before we get into the next top three. Well, look, it's, it's good that, we, uh, that you mentioned uh, Mr. Gear uh, before we sort of talk about this because I think he speaks for a lot of people when he made his comment that uh, he didn't really sort of bring his A-game this time around because, quite frankly, he didn't think the episode deserved the extra effort. Ooh, there's a lot enough. of sort of... There's a fair bit of contempt for this episode uh, among our... Uh, it's, just a, it's just and, a disappointing episode. It's just disappointing. It, it, you, you watch it because it shows so much promise in that first act and then it just loses its way and you go, oh, man, this could have been so good. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Even... Our pal Henrik Vinterland, uh, his alternative title was at The Simpsons versus Quality. So, I, mean, <laughs> I don't mind it. <laughs> but yeah, some honourable mentions here. But here's, it, it was a tough one because yeah, I think a lot of our uh, a lot of our patrons, a lot of our a lot of our friends this time around, uh, they sort of I don't know, I, think, I don't think they liked the episode overall, and subsequently they sort of picked very maybe the elements that did work or the elements that stood out and use those as alternative titles sorry basically the cat's being a dickhead here hang on okay, <laughs> what's <laughs> he doing i was trying to climb on the um on the laptop and he's probably going to mess with our uh, audacity sound oh software. no don't so do I'm, that don't do that i've shoot i've shoot him down to the other end of the bed it's all right <laughs> stay there buddy all right um 
we will now return you to new titles already in progress. <laughs> uh, yeah, look. A, um, yeah, so as I was saying, I don't know. The, 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 old, the new old titles and the alternative titles are not necessarily about the uh, episode as a whole or the theme of the episode. They're more sort of picking out bits and pieces. Now, sometimes that's the case with other episodes. True, but um, I don't know. I noticed it a bit more this time around. But uh, it's a... Here we go. Some more, some alternative titles with that in mind. Say Jimmy Ferruja, for instance. Uh, Ow, my new title. I'm not supposed to get pudding in it. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. But, you know, um, Lenny getting pudding in his eye is, I don't know, a very, a, a small fraction of this episode. I don't think it's one we should focus on as a new title. Even though... It's the only good know, part. Lenny, <laughs> yeah, yeah, getting pudding in the eye is probably the most memorable thing. Alistair Danik... Um, came up with prank you for prank you for smoking which uh, I didn't think was too bad although I would change it to prank you for joking yeah I was going to say what's the smoking reference I get what they're going for but the smoking doesn't really reference the episode but yeah prank you for joking is good indeed Jordan Molmen Ritchie with boom boom shake the room it's not too bad but you know we all hate the boom boom joke so much that uh, yeah better luck next time Jordan Molmen Ritchie <laughs> <laughs> All due respect, it's actually a pretty good gag and a pretty good new title. But uh, we're, 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 we still, we're, still, we're still gay for Mole Man, but no, no points. Oh, oh, 100% gay for Mole Man. <laughs> D.L. Gorman had Monty C. Monkey Do. It's an actual line from the episode, D.L., so I don't know if we can go with that. <laughs> and uh, Mark Boston Burgess, uh, he, put little, um, he put little musical notes when he wrote this down, so I may have to, uh, I may have to sing this or at least rap it. I like the way you work it, no dignity. I like to prank it up, prank it up. So, Mark Boston Burgess, thank you very much. All honourable mentions to all those fine folks. Mm. Uh, but let's get to the three, two, one of it all. And guess what? Uh, because I'm calling the shots here, it's a three-way tie for one point. Oh, shit. Check it out. The aforementioned Alistair Danik uh, gave us putting on a brave face. Yes, very, very good. So Alistair mm-hmm. now moves into outright third position, position as it stands on four points. Yep. Uh, Keith Nettam gave Keith- us Panda yeah. Sex Press. Ooh, not bad. Keith, I think this might be Keith's first time on the leaderboard. Well done, Keith. Uh, nice one. And bringing those two elements together in the one title is Andrew Parker with Puddington Bear. <laughs> oh, I like that. Very much so. That's not bad. So one point uh, to each of those fine people. Was it Andrew Parker? Andrew Parker. Andrew yeah. Parker on one point. Okay, alrighty. So they're all now on the leaderboard, which means they can potentially win the wild card prize at the end of the season. That is correct. Two points. Uh, this is a name that um, I don't believe has hit the leaderboard before. So props to Josh Hedge. Now, feel very correct me if okay. Josh. What has Josh got for us? Josh gave us a Randy Pandy because Burns can't get candy. <laughs> That's the reason that Homer ends up getting raped by a panda because the candy machine wouldn't give him candy. Yep, so, you know, it all fits together. It's yes. a nice work by Josh Hedge. But three points go to Dave Abbott-Smith for I would do anything for funds, comma, no, sorry, brackets, but I won't do that. Well done, Dave Abbott-Smith. It's very, very good. But what was your thoughts on that Meatloaf song when it came out? Because I remember it being massive. Like, it was, that's the first film clip that I can remember watching on video hits was that song. Is that the one where he's like the Phantom of the Opera or something? He's yeah, of, he's, he's like some sort of like... Has he got a monster a, face on? Monster face. He lives in the castle. And that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look, 
I think like a lot of meatloaf songs, I sort of admire the bombast of it and the real yeah. kind of, you know. Like a stage show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, meatloaf doesn't really leave it out on the field. <laughs> so no, as, he's, as ball, say, I mean, he's balls to the wall. Especially, like, it is younger now. I mean, he's terrible now. I mean, remember at the 2011 AFL Grand Final, it was just embarrassing. But Yeah, kind of purging that memory, yeah. But the uh, but you watch a live performance on like the late seventies, early eighties, and he was great in his heyday. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think I admire the the passion more than the actual kind of I don't know than anything else. I mean, yeah. I mean, of course, I remember I would do anything of love, but I won't do that. And sometimes I think, well, what's the that? It's probably explained in the song. But, I, I, uh, I think I think it's um. Well, it doesn't really make sense, but in the song, she says. He says, sooner or later, you'll be screwing around. No, no, so- she says, sooner or later, you'll be screwing around. And he says, I won't do that. But it's like, so you won't screw what, around for around love? For what? love? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, confusing. Maybe they're two separate kind of things, two separate uh, statements on behalf of Mr. Loaf. He's saying, I'll do anything for love, but I won't cheat on you. The two aren't connected. Yeah, okay. In all honesty, if that's the message, it should be, I would do anything for love, and I won't do that. Yeah, yeah, and I won't do that. Not but. <laughs> yeah, because a lot, of, a lot of people. You watch those um like top ten shows where they get comedians who no one has any idea who they are, and this is just like a payday for them. And oh, like, you're like, I, I love the nineties or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's just like they, they, all they do is shit on that song, saying, "What does he mean? He doesn't actually explain it." I'm like, well, he kind of does. He just doesn't explain it properly. Oh no! <laughs> you mean I'm a, I'm a hack like those guys? Yeah. <laughs> oh shit! Oh. Uh, but anyway, so the current leaderboard stands as this. In third position, Alistair Danik on four, DL still in second on five, and Garot still on top on six points. So, But not far behind, though. We've got Jasper Bruce and Dave Abbott-Smith on three points, and there's a few two points and a few ones. There's plenty of... There's already one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, thirteen people after five episodes on the leaderboard. I'm liking this, Mr. Oh, Davis. Bit more of an even it's spread. Any- it's anybody's race at this point. Now let's just hop over onto the Four Finger Discount Twitter here. Follow us at Four Finger Pod. You'll never find a greater hive of scum and villainy. Actually, no, you'll <laughs> never find a greater hive of uh, cool, intelligent people. That's what I meant to say. I asked the uh, listeners over there for some alternate titles for Homer versus Diddy. So let's see what they sent through. Got a couple of my favorites here. At Andrew NLSC, he says, There's no disgrace like Homer. Don't mind that one. Uh, uh, at Tim Whitehead says Homer the Desperado not bad and finally our good friends over at Uncle Mo's Family Feedback Podcast the Fellow Simpsons Podcast (laughs) they wrote Sexual Harassment Panda (laughs) (laughs) those were really good ones yeah yeah so uh, thanks for sending those three guys at Four Figure Pod make sure you follow us on Twitter so you can get a chance to hopefully get your alternate name read out on the show now Mr. Davis it's time to get into our review of Homer versus Dignity Let's do it. The original air date was November 26th in the year 2000. Chopboard gag, I was not the sixth Beatle, and the couch gag was the family all skateboard in, and Homer ends up crashing the skateboard, hits him in the head. Of the course. Epi- the episode kicks off with the family celebrating Bart's first A. I watched this guest going. My note says, Guy would appreciate this, wordplay. Um, <laughs> I did, but all of, all, all you were thinking, dream sequence? Yeah. What's going on here? <laughs> uh, they're at the singing sirloin. March is going to get a bumper sticker, which annoys Lisa because she's been getting A's for a long time. Uh, Bart then explains how he got the A in astronomy. And so we just get that, that the flashback there of uh, of him hiding in the cupboard while Skinner and Edna just do the deed on Martin's desk. It's kind of, uh, <laughs> it's kind of I don't know. If, if, if you were a parent of a child and you're like, 
and you try to explain the reason that they got they did well on the test was because they had to hide away from their parents, or their, their teachers banging in the classroom. Would you be concerned? <laughs> um, look, I'm probably a poor parent. I'd be like, hey, you got the A, <laughs> you know, take the win. <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure. I don't care about the circumstances. I must admit, though, this episode reminded me of, well, this just this section. Uh, reminded me of it, and I'm not sure which episode it was in, but it's one of my favourite Simpsons bits for some reason. You ever have one of the? Do you have those bits where it's like, I've no reason why this tickles me so much and why it's stuck in my head for so long, but it was the one where. Yeah. Well, what, what about the, what about the pinball devil's advocate? Well, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can. Have, I'm allowed more than one favourite. Yeah, no, 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 no. I'm just, I'm just saying, it's, it's moments like that, of course. It is, it is, of course, moments like that. But um, there's more when Ralph was talking about how he um, he saw us, uh, Skinner and Krabappel making a baby, and the baby looked. Baby looked at you. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know why baby looked at you makes me laugh so much. Yeah, but it really does. <laughs> That's the shocking just the part. Rea- just the reaction from Chief Wigger was like, baby looked at you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, sorry, but I can't remember which episode that was in. But I was like, that, that was the um the episode where they they fall in love for the first time. Okay, I think it's I think it's oh, I can't remember, but yeah, God, that's great. Just, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't. Baby, looked at you. <laughs> it's, okay. it's moments like this that make me wish we should just go back to the start and review all the classic episodes again because there's so many moments <laughs> we could just talk about like that. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Um, so all right. Homer's credit card gets declined. Um, so they try to bail. I love how he just like, throws cards at the people to try and get away. It does the same thing with Lindsay Nagel, just picks up her cards and throws them at her. <laughs> yeah. uh, but then Mary Kay stops them and they are forced to sing. Was it La Bamba they're singing? Uh, La Bamba and then Spanish Eyes. I liked Homer's sort of mariachi flourishes. He, he was really getting into it. Yeah, yeah. You want passion? I'll give you passion. Passion. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely rendition of Spanish Eyes and uh, yeah, all that stuff. I thought they could have a little second career going on the road as a, as a mariachi band. Can we go now? No, no, you're playing while technically proficient. Lacks passion. Fine. You want passion? I'll give you passion. Blue Spanish eyes. Teardrops are falling from your Spanish eyes. Rod the way home. And this is this was from the commercial. I remember where the uh, the back floor of the car has been sold for gas money, oh, yeah. which I sold for a novelty horn. Then we get the financial panther. Maybe we should talk to a financial planner. Financial panther, eh? Mr. Simpson, you're a dollar overdrawn. Get him, Sheba! <laughs> <laughs> I'm on board. So now they're at the financial planner, or can I or, or financial consultant? Which one is she? A planner? No, or no, consultant? no. Lindsay Nagel's a financial planner. She's not a, plan- a financial consultant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, sure there is probably someone in the real world who would really draw that distinction. Oh, of course, you know, it would be. Yeah. You know, you went to him for a certain thing, and they say, "And oh, no, you need to speak to my buddy two doors down. He's the financial consultant, or she's the financial consultant." You know, it's, it's like when you call someone a physio and they're actually a chiropractor. I'm sure it's a, they get very heated. Oh about god, that. you'd probably get yeah slapped across the face, or you know, you'd get <laughs> put your back out you of know, joint. You'd get, <laughs> yes, exactly. They'd rearrange uh, some part of your physiology. 
Uh, so let's get fiscal. Um, a lot of the so they're talking to Wiggums. I'm going to get shot before the day before I retire. What if you don't get shot? How could you wow. say something so mean? <laughs> you made my wife cry. <laughs> then we get Lindsay Nagel and Homer. Well, I see you have several mortgages, credit card debt, no savings, and you're supporting your father? Just give the word and I'll cut him off. I couldn't ask you to do that. Consider it done. Based on these figures, I'm afraid you'll need to declare bankruptcy several times. Just look at this projection. (gasps) Marge, your posture looks terrible. What's interesting is you'll continue losing money even after you're dead. Your grave sites will go untended and vandalized. (laughs) Mr. Simpson, your intelligence profile indicates that you're too stupid to stick to a budget. Yes, go on. So let me put this simply. You need more money. But how do I get it? I'm a financial planner, not a financial consultant. Sorry. Now, I'd like my fee, please. Hey. I know you're not a deaf mute, Mr. Simpson. We've been talking for the last 20 minutes. My favorite part of that whole thing is, Marge, your posture is terrible. <laughs> My favorite part of it is um, Nelson the Graveyard Bully kicking yeah. tombstones. Very, um, very sort of like, not dated. Oh, it is dated, I guess, but like the old school computer graphics. Oh, yeah. But it's not quite eight bit, is it? I mean, no, no. But um, it's just it's. I don't see it as dated. I see it as more nostalgic. <laughs> I think we've reached that stage. It's like you know, I don't know if it goes in like a ten year sort of cycle or something like that. But I think once you reach twenty years past something, you sort of you look at it more fondly as opposed to just like, oh man, can't believe yeah. we did that. As opposed to oh, remember when we did that? R- remember <laughs> when we did that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so. Basically, Homer and Marge bail again because she she tells Homer that she, he's too stupid to stick to a budget. Then we cut to Smithers and he's telling Mister Burns about how he wants to go to New Mexico because he's booked out this uh like a like a a hall or something. He's booked out some sort of place yeah. to to do his uh his Malibu Stacy uh, screenplay. So he's he's, dis- he's uh disarmed the button so Mister Burns can't send him down to the uh, the shoot. Now this is where we get the same guy that gets used. The there's a New Mexico. So I heard this. Yes, I went, that's right. I could have sworn I've heard this before. So I went, you know, good old Frinkyac, the website that tells you all the screenshots and the quotes, and I typed it in, and yep, there it was from the episode Boy Scouts in the Hood, where Bart joins the the Boy Scouts with Flanders and whatnot. They get stranded out in the mm-hmm. water. Uh, that's where Homer's reading the map, and he says, "Oh, there's a New Mexico." And I thought, hmm, how does that get through uh, the writers' room? How? How? As th- how? As they say, a good gag is worth repeating, and. Okay, so what we're sev- this is seven seasons on. Eh, maybe the yeah you know, we just talked about the the sort of the length of nostalgia and all that kind of stuff. Maybe seven seasons is like where it goes from rip off to homage. I'd love to actually. I might tweet Mike Scully and just ask him if they were aware at the time that they were making the same gag, or whether it was something that got brought to their attention afterwards. Interesting. Fine, I, you, I, go, I, I, you go talk to your showbiz buddies about it. Fine. Hey, you can tweet him if you want to. <laughs> but I would. Um, yeah, I just love to hear his um, his, like his either justification for it or the explanation as to. I'd love to know if they knew it was gonna. That was repeating it. Why exactly they did it? So then Burns realizes he's gonna have to entertain himself. He's walking around, makes a powerful enemy with the candy machine. Then we get Homer and he's drinking more lunch beers than usual because he's trying to wake up the courage to ask Mr. Burns for a raise because the family now has no money. Lunch and beers at a nuclear power plant. I don't know, man. We we oh, that's right. Especially when you're the safety inspector. But we had the um 
we had lunch beers at work last week because we had a rough week at work. It was like 12.30. Oh. We are on the beers. <laughs> <laughs> you got on the beers, Dan Andrews style. <laughs> Mr. Burns, I was wondering if I could get a raise. What kind of a raise? Whopping. I see. You have 30 seconds to wow me. Well, sir, you see, sir, I've worked here a long time and my wife has a game leg. And my kids have game things as well. I don't want to hear your whining. I'm a bored and joyless old man. Give me a larf. A larf? Okay, let's see what's in the news today. Oh, for the love of... Hurl this at that! At Lenny? But he's a war hero. Well, let's decorate him then. No! Not even for four dollars? Ow! My eye! I'm not supposed to get pudding in it! No! That was capital. My lung is aching. I like when I threw the pudding. Do it again. I'll make it an even eight. You're the boss. Ow! I'm in hell! (laughs) Let's keep the laughs coming, eh, Simpson? Let's say I make you my executive in charge of recreation. No, no, better yet, my prank monkey. Do you keep giving me money? I can't have my little monkey running around in rags. Woohoo! What are you doing, man? That's Carl! Let me help you. I mean, this is where, to me, where the episode sort of peaks. I mean, just that delivery of, what are you doing, man? (laughs) But uh, also Lenny's, ow, I'm in hell! Yeah. But um, it's, I don't know, it's uh, one of those moments where it's really mean, but I don't know why I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> well, uh, look, I'm, I'm partial to a bit of mean humour, a bit of mean spirit humour. I mean, I'm, I think I've sort of subscribed to the Jerry Seinfeld uh, formula of, you know, no hugging, no learning. You know, I mean, I think it's maybe why I say prefer 30 Rock to Parks and Recreation. I could explain that a bit further, but uh, I can't be inclined to right now. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, that, just, <laughs> that that comparison sort of leapt in my head, and I'm like, I can I can justify that, but it's going to take me a little time to come up with a, a really articulate way of doing so. Maybe I'll write it down, and you know, I'll write it in an essay, and we can put it up on the podcast on the um <laughs> on the site. Page. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, so we come back for a commercial, and this is where we get the dirty line of twenty-eight, twenty-nine. 100. Oh, if only the real chicks went down this easy. That's full on. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's that's pretty saucy for The Simpsons. Yeah, definitely. Um, It's happening more and more often. I, I'm gonna, I've got a, an article on the website, adult gags that you may have missed as a kid. But we've already had a couple this season that I missed for that. Like, like I just, as a kid, had no recollection of this at all. Just, um, yeah, show yeah. over the head. I think um, if they just do them as a, as a real quick throwaway like that, there's a chance that, you know, you'll be sort of, It'll either of you know, the kids won't get it, and you know the more sort of um, monocle falling out into the glass, adults will kind of go, oh, what? And yeah, yeah. Just slip by them. Well, yeah, uh, the real kids will be kind of like, oh, that's a bit, that's a bit racy. <laughs> kids especially because yeah, because there's no, he's just talking to himself. I guess it's just one of those things where their kids just assume it's not important. You know what I mean? Yes, it's just they're killing time until you know the actual actual action in the scene begins. Yeah, yeah. So this is where Mr. Burns gets Homer to buy the mint condition Spider-Man number one and eat it in front of comic book guy. I can feel his pain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Burns' pranks, I mean, 
yeah, then they're not especially clever. <laughs> no, they're just cruel. Maybe, yeah, so maybe that's the issue that uh, that yourself and and myself to a, to a lesser degree and, and a lot of other people have with this. It's like, yeah, these aren't fun pranks, and I, I'm not I'm not a prankster, which is something we'll talk about a bit later, I'm sure. But I mean, well, I hope. In fact, we are going to because I'm going to steer the conversation in that direction, Dando. Try and stop me. Um, but uh, yeah, not not a great gag. The whole. No. I mean, I, I suppose it's fun that you know, the comic book guy is just so distraught by someone you know squandering this beautiful magical gift that is Spider-Man number one. But eh, I don't know. Not still not that great. the The best part about that is the fact that you know the code for the safe is 007, and yeah. then you sort of hear little Bond music. Yeah. Uh, Burns then throws Homer's money on the ground. He gets run over by a bike, I think it was. And this is where, to me, Homer starts getting pathetic. And that's where, as a viewer, I went, oh, I can't really enjoy this anymore because he's just being bullied now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, does, it doesn't... It's, it works, quote-unquote, dramatically, but it doesn't work comedically. It's, yeah, I mean, because either... Burns' actions are a bit too extreme or Homer's reactions are a bit too pathetic uh, or not pathetic in the right way. But, yeah, they just – they don't make good comedy out of it. No, not and at I all. And think, I think you could, but not the way that they've gone. <laughs> oh, that was uproarious. First-rate job, monkey. Do I get paid now? Oh, where are my manners? There. <laughs> <laughs> You're so much more fun than Smithers. Why, he doesn't know the meaning of the word gay. Sold separately. Sometimes I feel like I've been sold separately. But out of the box I find you poseable. Just like me. I, as I said earlier, I didn't mind the song. I would have liked to have seen more of this play. I would have liked to have seen more of this story. I mean, this it's, I feel like yeah. they wasted a, wasted a decent subplot to get Smithers out of the episode when really... It's, 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 like the whole it's chunk, a story the by itself, it, yeah. Yeah, it should have been its own sort of story. It's a real shame. Wish we had got more of it. Well, our pal D.L. Gorman uh, did uh, drop a little something in the mailbag saying, what do we think the plot of the Malibu Stacey musical was? I think it's something we should talk about a little later Let's when we open up the mailbag. The mailbag. Sure, definitely. Yes. But uh, first, back to the review. Back to Baby Make Boom Boom. Um, yeah, okay, great. So we're back, we're back here, did we? I don't get how this is a prank. No, it's purely for Mr. Burns' amusement. Like, he's meant, to be a, he's meant to be a prank monkey, but now he's just getting home to do... Put himself like embarrass 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 himself for the sake to, to make a few dollars, and I'm like, this is just uncomfortable now. <laughs> he's he's not a prank money monkey. He's a shame monkey. Yeah, it's it's um it's really weird. I was just like, yeah, the the, the baby made boom boom. The episode could have done definitely without that because it doesn't add to anything. It's just it's just awkward and weird. Um, it is, but you know, well, as I said. The reactions to it are better. I mean, just yeah, not where I pee, and you know, and the and the the dowager lady coming in and just oh, you know, and and passing out. That's pretty funny. The kids are now getting all the immunizations, six years worth. The anti polio. 
Marge asks him, <laughs> where, where, where are you getting all this money from? And he just gives her a, a bullshit reason. This is the thing. They've gone from having no money where they've got to sell the base of their car to Homer having all this money. And it's just like, eh, whatever. Yeah. Um, we now cut to the zoo. And here we go. It is pandemonium. That is for sure. Uh, so apparently, so Mr. Burns has contacted the zoo and a, or a mysterious donor. I don't even know if it's Mr. Burns. So I'm not sure how this all came about, but apparently they've got a new panda now at the zoo. But it's Homer dressed up as a panda named Sim Sim, who dances and does the Lindy Hop and then gets tased. It's just, I don't know. I, I, I'll let you handle this because I just didn't enjoy it. <laughs> I don't really have a great deal to say about it. I mean, look, you've sort of, you've given us the nuts and bolts of what it is and it is what it is. It's not especially funny. I mean, the whole, you know, panda doing the Lindy Hop, it's like, okay, that's a thing. I'm not especially gigging at it. I mean, again, the things that I'm sort of laughing at or smirking at uh, are not, you know, the central part of, you know, Homer in a panda suit. I mean, I was thinking, wow, those panda cones look pretty impressive. Or, you know, when, uh, what's the um, what's the bull panda's name again when it comes ping, in? Is that ping, 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 ping. When ping, ping comes in, it's like, you know, they drop the shade so they can have a bit of privacy. Like, pandas need their sleep. It's yeah. like, that, that's not unfunny. But yeah, I mean, everything... Everything surrounding it is not bad. I mean, even even Mo being Mo and saying, <laughs> you ain't going nowhere, cutie. I mean, it's gross, but it's Mo, so it's naturally gross. And, you know, I mean, there's a great line in uh, the movie Jackie Brown where he goes, you can't trust Melanie, but you can trust Melanie to be Melanie. So it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah Mo, Mo's going to be gross, but you can trust Gro to be Mo. You can trust Mo to be gross. Yeah, so, yeah. Eh. Yeah, I mean, I, um, it'd, be, it'd be worse if it'd be worse if someone else said that line. Um, but yeah, everything with um, I think I just I just felt, I just yeah, felt I, sad. I just felt sad for Homer. I was like, he's doing this for the sake of his family, and he, I mean, they have Homer yeah. saying, "I couldn't be in more pain. I can't. I can't handle this. This is too. This is too painful." And I'm like, this isn't funny because Homer's not putting himself in this situation. He's doing it because he feels like he has to for the sake of his family, and no one's helping him. And I'm just like, what? What, what the hell? Now he's being raped what? by a panda. <laughs> I, I guess by the uh, dynamics of storytelling, we've reached the third. We've reached the end of the second act. Um, do you know the movie Walk Hard? Do you know that one with John C. No, Riley where he's no, the? No, co- I don't. Oh, no. okay. Well, first of all, it is one of the best American comedy movies of the uh, of the last twenty years. So I highly recommend you check it out. Walk Hard. Walk Hard. War- oh, Walk Hard. I thought you said Walk Hard. Yeah, I know Walk Hard. Of course I do. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a bit in that where, yeah, because it's a piss take of all the uh, the music biopics and that. Yeah. And there's a bit in that where, you know, John C. Riley's Dewey Cox, you know, he's having sex with a woman who's not his wife. He's drinking like a bottle of Jack Daniels at the same time. He's like, damn, this is a dark fucking period. <laughs> and that's exactly <laughs> what this is. This is, you know, this is the as low as Homer can go. And it's like, okay, well, there has to be a change from that. You know, oh, this is where the plot, this is where we enter the third act and things have to change. So I guess it makes sense in that way. And, you know, things have to be darkest before the dawn for Homer. I mean, things have to get bad so they can get better. Um, I'm pretty sure ro- rolling around in your underwear on the fucking toilet floor is pretty low. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, in the hierarchy of uh, in the hierarchy of humiliation, I'd say getting penetrated by a Randy Bull Panda yeah. is probably worse. But uh, but I mean, I've experienced you, you, neither. You, of these I, I would prefer the episode not to have the Bull Panda. So if you're going to go down that route, how about you just have Bart walk into the torts as Homer's doing that, and then Homer and Bart be the embarrassed one. 
Quite possibly. Well, as we said, given that there's a lot of ma- there was a lot of material that didn't make the cut in this, yeah, you but could because probably the, the panda do sequence that. adds fucking nothing to the story. I mean, it makes Homer like you said. It, if Homer has hit rock bottom, surely him being seen on the toilet floor in a uh, public toilet floor in his underwear saying "baby mate boom boom" by his son is rock bottom. I would say that having your bottom rocked is rock bottom. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just wanted to say that. I don't even disagree with you. I just wanted to say that line. <laughs> uh, well played, sir. Uh, so Homer tries to sneak out the after they've had a, they had their nap, and then the skunks spray Homer in the face. He's upside down. This is where Lisa sees Homer and realizes mm-hmm. that this is what Homer's been doing all this time. Yes, humiliating himself for fistfuls of cash, as he says. Dad. The panda was you? Did you see Daddy dance? They all saw me dance. Oh, Dad. All right, so now the pandemonium's out of the way. Homer is revealing to Lisa what he's been doing this whole time. And, you know, Lisa says, well, you've got to stop. You don't need to do this. And it's like, well, you know, okay, you can stop. It's not, you know, you can get his dignity back. But he has made you a lot of money. So, first of all, thank you. Yeah, a little, a little gratitude would be nice. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, that, that, that's this is where to me this, the episode loses it loses its way because it goes from being a story about Homer trying to make money for the family to Homer trying to get out of doing this work for Mr. Burns. It's like what the what the hell? Like, so you you were saying at the start you wanted to get into it. So the fact that Homer's now made all this money, but then Lisa says, "Oh no, all that money you made demeaning yourself. I don't want it. Spend it on kids that need it." And it's like, but the, what? Huh? Yeah, no, that is. That is a particular bugbear of mine. I mean, not just in this episode, but in yeah, just about anything where it's like, that's drug money. Give it away to you know to help the starving kids or something. It's like the best thing that ever was said about this, and I think it was ignored, but it was in like Lethal Weapon Two, where they're in this uh, shipping container full of money. Danny Glover says, "Look, this is what I'm holding in my hand." Sorry, I'm going to do a really bad Danny Glover impersonation. This is. Sent all my kids to college. And Mel Gibson's like, Man, take it. Do something good with it. And, you know, Danny Glover throws away and says, oh, it's fucking drug money, man. It's like, the money doesn't know where it comes Who from. Who cares? Yeah, just <laughs> use it. <laughs> as, as our pal Gib- Mel Gibson has kind of gone off the rails a little bit, so we can't take everything he says as gospel. But <laughs> the money doesn't know where it comes from. Do something good with it. And just as, you know, Homer's been demeaning, demeaning himself throwing away his dignity, getting a nice you know payday for it. And we saw the good results. All the kids got immunized. And what are you going to do? You're going to take that last payday and give it to, you know, buy toys for snotty kids you don't even know? Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> All these kids. What, what do you mean for needy kids? We don't, we don't see the needy kids. We just see the fact that Homer walks in and says, I want to buy all the toys in this toy shop. So how yes. much money did he have? How much money does it cost to buy every toy in a toy shop? I've I've no idea, but I mean fa- we, we know fam- that his, his the- last payday was nine hundred bucks. I don't think yeah, that's exactly. So how many? And that looks like an FAO called? Schwartz kind of toy shop. That looks like the toy shop from Big. You know where that, you that, go. That, that that was like fucking Duncan's toy chest. Yes, this was not Toys R Us, or you know, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know where you could probably get half the inventory for you know for um nine hundred bucks because they've got low overheads or something or low markup, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 um, staffed by the guy who says this, who talks like yeah. that. 
Sorry. <laughs> who was a, who was a, who has, has been a nice addition to the show? I do get a kick out of it. I do like that guy. Um, so yes, that's um. If I've got an issue with the episode, yeah, it's probably that. It's not Homer getting uh, you know butt fucked by a panda. It's um. <laughs> The fact that he's then asked to give away his hard-earned dough to uh, to needy kids. Um, for no reason. For no reason. That's your money, Homer. You keep it. In fact, don't yes. even spend it on your family. Go down to Moe's, you know, pay everyone else's, you know, just get on the turf, mate. As, as our friend Dan Andrew says, get on the beers. Excuse me, sir. Yes? I'd like to buy all these toys for some needy children. Is this enough dirty, dirty money? <laughs> Why, it most certainly is. Uh, Mr. Costington, something quite wonderful has happened. A uh, no, a uh, no, a uh, yes. Why, I don't think I've ever seen such generosity. You're a modern-day Kris Kringle, sir. I'm just trying to dig myself out of a pit of shame. Say no more. I've had a bit of a shoe-sniffing problem myself. I'm still not allowed on the third floor. It's okay. Mr. Simpson, I just had a crazy thought. We do a little Thanksgiving Day parade around here, and you're about the right build for a little fella they call Chris Kringle. You mentioning that shoe-sniffing thing. Yeah, see, when did Family Guy start? 99. Okay, yeah. There's a, a lot of the stuff in the recent episodes, I guess and I think we've talked about this, is a response to South Park and Family Guy. Oh, 100%. I think that that panda thing was straight up fucking South Park. Yeah, but also, yeah, and also the whole, the the saucy one lines that we've been talking about, the shoe sniffing thing. I mean, I, 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 I love South Park, don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not a huge Family Guy guy, but I mean, yeah. No, I don't think it, many people are anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, it was, it was like, kind of like that up. Family Guy was like the bad boy that, you know, you're happy to have around for a few months, but then you realise, oh, I don't really need this shit in my life anymore. Yeah, having said that, I don't know why this was the case, but when, when I used to travel a bit for work, remember we used to travel? But, you know, when I'd be like, I'd go to Sydney for work or something, I'd be staying in a hotel or whatever, and, you know, the hotel would have Foxtel, but limited Foxtel. Uh, and they always had like little Family Guy marathons going on. It's like, you know, from five until seven, Family Guy back to back. And... That was the only time that I'd watch Family Guy for some reason. And for some reason, I found it, I don't know, kind of entertaining then. But if, you know, the minute I'd get back home, it's like, Family Guy, what are you fucking kidding? No. (laughs) (laughs) Well, see, Family Guy is like a bucket of chips. (laughs) Okay. Where The Simpsons is like a roast meal. So, like, Family Guy, you haven't, you know, it's it's tasty. There's no substance there. It tastes good for why you eat it, but not too much of it. For a roast meal, it's like, this is a big roast meal. It's delicious. It's nutritious. It's good for me. It's The Simpsons. I see where you're coming from, and I agree 100%, except I eat chips all the time. So, <laughs> so do I. So bad analogy on your part. No, but no. But- if, I, if I want to stop Elliot from crying, I just say, chippies? <gasps> oh. <laughs> and maybe one out of five times he gets chips. <laughs> and the other four times. <laughs> Uh, but Ch- Chippies is like the circuit breaker. It's like, oh, Chippies. Nicely. Oh, you say Chippies? Huh. Um, so, where, anyway, where were we? We're talking about uh, Mr. Uh, the, shifting, yeah. uh sniffing shoes. Yes. Yes. Um, he offers Homer the job. I, I love Homer's like, Merry Line Christmas. What? <laughs> Give me a look at that. <laughs> and then later in the episode when he's in the parade, he gets it wrong. Did you he hear that? He does. Yep. <laughs> 
So Brockman and Lisa Gibbons, who I'm going to be honest, I have no idea who she is. Who's Lisa uh, Gibbons? Ah, well... Uh, she was the co-host of Entertainment Tonight. Oh, that, th- that theme music is like a part of my childhood. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, Lisa was a co-host of Entertainment Tonight at some stage. Whether she was pre or post Mary Hart, I'm not sure. I used to love okay. Entertainment Tonight. I mean, that was the internet before we had the internet for me. 100% it gave you all the, the, the goss that you needed to know. All the, uh, you know, you got to see clips of trailers and things like that. Oh, absolutely. I'll... T- it was just hilarious sort of watching the progression, though, of Entertainment Tonight over the years. Because, I mean, I remember watching it back in, like, the early 80s. And, I mean, they had Leonard Moulton on, you know, Leonard Moulton's movie guide, the big, thick uh, mm. book that you also had before the internet. Um, and he would do movie reviews, and he'd actually review movies. He, I mean, he'd say, hey, this one, not that great. <laughs> You'd like, what? What? <laughs> you know, he's... Honesty? Yeah, <laughs> Legitimate critical opinion, <laughs> <laughs> and of course, and That's watching it over the years, that, <laughs> watching it over the years, you can see that sort of being, uh, yeah. I, I don't think Paramount's going to advertise with us anymore. If you, you know, you say Star Trek Five is a piece of shit, so you know, uh, accentuate the positive. I don't know why. Yeah, Fat, yeah. I don't know why Fat Tony's a producer on Entertainment. Why is Tony Soprano now? <laughs> 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 the positives. <laughs> Accentuate the positive. But, anyway, <laughs> but, anyway, but, but yeah, so, uh, but anyway, yes, Lisa Gibbons was, uh, yes, the face of entertainment tonight. Okay. Okay. Well, they should have had that music in there somewhere. It would have made it better. Oh, it'd make everything better. <laughs> then we get, I, I think I get this gag. So I get Springfield getting the worst balloons, but Krusty is Springfield's comedian. I know. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, what? What? <laughs> I'm guessing Quimby couldn't balance the books that season or whatever or that uh, that year and uh, oh no we can't afford the crusty uh, the crusty balloon we're gonna have to go with the off-brand replacement. Now R- Rusty Nails, I believe, is the clown that Krusty was based on, which is so where Rusty here. the clown yeah. comes from. Yeah, yeah. Having said that, I'd never heard of Rusty Nails the clown prior to doing my research for Homer versus Dignity. Never heard of Rusty the I, Nails. Yeah, apparently he's a pretty creepy clown. He's um, he's no bozo. Uh, no, no, not at all. Funky Winterbean. Your thoughts? Um, I've I've heard the name. I don't think I've ever read a Funky Winkerbean cartoon. I like the name, so I think I'm a, I think I'm about as big a fan of the well, name. Why does it Winterbean? Uh, so I don't I don't even know. I can't even pronounce it properly. Oh, <laughs> Funky Funky Winterbean or Winkerbean? Uh, Winker, it's, it's it's Winkerbean, but I had no idea who it was. I just oh. I thought I wrote guy can elaborate this. <laughs> oh no, I can't really. Elaborate. I know I know the name, and that's it. But it's a cool name. Um, I appreciate the name about as much as Marge does. Hey, Funky! That was really- yeah. <laughs> and the fact that she's so, like, she actually says hello to the balloon. I, hey, Funky! I, I love like- it when Marge gets sort of, yeah, when Marge gets stoked about stuff, it's invariably fun. Yeah, but the thing is, Marge is sort of like, she, yeah, she gets invested in things. Like, like at Christmas time, she gets it. That's it. Get into the spirit. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. Let's get into the spirit. You know what I mean? She's, she's, she's willing. To, Marge is like the person we all want to be, but we're too embarrassed to be in front of other people until someone else does it. Kind of like when you're at a dance. We all want to dance, but no one wants to be the first person. When Marge will be the first person, gets out there and dances, and everyone's like, oh, I can be silly too. Yes. So Funky Winkerbean here says, it's a long-running comic strip. Uh, it was a 23-year-old middle school art teacher in Ohio. Hmm. I don't know. I oh, know. Sorry, that's the guy. That, that's the guy that made it. I was about to say. <laughs> I'm, am I going to read a comic strip about that? No. <laughs> 
Oh, man. I don't know. So, it looks like a kid wearing a beanie. Obviously, that's who Funky is. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So, yes, we're at the parade. We've got the Noid as well, who was sort of like the... uh, It wasn't Pizza Hut's uh, thing. Was he he for... Uh, it was a pizza chain, not Domino's. Um, was it Domino's? I thought it was Domino's. Noid. Oh, maybe it is. I'm going to Google Noid Domino's because we've got pops for him at work. Or Noid, Noid Pizza. Yeah, it was, character, it was character for Domino's Pizza. Yeah, because I remember writing the description for it. Yeah, so he's a logo. He was created in the 80s and he's sort of making a comeback now. So Avoid the Noid. I've heard, I've heard the phrase. Actually, yeah. actually, no, he's not making a comeback. He's making a comeback in pop form, but he hasn't, been, he hasn't appeared since 1995. So they obviously axed it. So he's back in pop form, but not in pog form. Yeah, he's back in pop form. <laughs> I trust you've said that more than once at the pop culture offices. Oh, I do. I, yeah, I, I do it all the time. I, I, <laughs> I think I wrote it as part. I think I wrote it as part of my Millhouse description. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so the balloons are all shit. They're all out of date and whatnot. Um, this is where the boy pleads with Lisa. Oh, I hope we get to see Santa and get the "Don't Touch Me" moment. Then Homer arrives as Santa. Did you see the little bit here where he's throwing the presents out and one hits Ralph in the head and just bounces off? <laughs> I missed that. So, so it's all the kids all the kids are catching their presents. Ralph just bounces off his head. He doesn't show any facial expression change at all. <laughs> and this is where it just gets wacky. It, it reminded me of like the end of um, uh, Jingle All The Way, where there's all these shenanigans happening in the middle of a parade and no one's doing anything about it. <laughs> so Mr. Burns just rocks up with his own float. It says Pranks Giving. And Lisa's the only one that goes, Ooh, this yeah. doesn't look right. <laughs> Everyone else is yeah, just no- cheering. <laughs> Everyone else is just sort of blinded by the spectacle of this of this shit parade. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he offers Homer a million dollars to throw fish guts out all over the people. I, I, I just wrote here, why? <laughs> like, hmm. I know, just I, there's no humour in this to me at all. I mean, I get that they're doing a parody of that movie, but it's not funny. So why bother? Well, because yeah, it's funny to Mr. Burns, I guess. So. <laughs> But it's supposed to be funny to us, the viewer. <laughs> like, like it, it would make it be fine if we saw Mr. Burns get his comeuppance. Like, so maybe Mr. Burns gets fish guts tipped on him instead, and he learns mm. his lesson or whatever. But no, it just ends with Mr. Burns throwing fish guts on everybody, and that's it. It's a it's a disappointing ending. We're not angry; we're just disappointed. Simpsons. Yeah, it's just I'm, I'm just I just I need it. It needs to have a payoff to me. I mean, maybe I'm just over critiquing it, but what? surely when you've got a villain throughout the episode, there needs to be a payoff. But there was a payoff, Dando. Did you stick around to the very end, to the very to the Gracie? I don't. I tried. I, I don't do it anymore because I want yeah. you to surprise me with what ah, it is. Ah, because over the Gracie, you hear baby made a boom boom. <laughs> It's not as funny as you think it is, guys. That's what they chose for the for the Gracie, really. They did that moment. Uh, I'm yeah. I'm I'm just surprised. I'm I'm really surprised how this happened. This episode, how a they thought it was a good idea. Because I mean, on the Wikipedia page here, it's got some of the alternative alternate endings here, right? So let's go through them. So obviously, there was more of a subplot with with, with Smithers, and they axed it, which is a shame. Yes. There was originally going to be a running gag where Lenny keeps getting hit with random objects. There were many endings to the original script. One ending was Homer throwing pig's blood into the crowd. And then 50 years later, it would show Homer telling a group of children that he was the reason why Thanksgiving was now renamed Blood's Fest. And then everyone was going to be hit by blood and start laughing. No, that sucks. How was that even pitched as a fucking idea? Anyway, there was also another ending with gravy. So at least gravy's tasty. Sure. Um and Thanksgiving adjacent. 
Yes, but then it was changed to fish guts. The f- uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I I just don't know. <laughs> it just makes, it just the the way I feel right now is how I felt at the end of the episode. I just felt flat. And you know what it was? This was the first time in a very long time, if at all, I had the Simpsons on. It may have happened one other time. It might have been one other time in yeah with the um episode where Homer becomes famous. But I was watching this and uh, Nicola was in the kitchen. And I was almost embarrassed to be watching it in front uh, of you. That's how bad it was. Yeah. And I don't know. I've never felt like that. It just felt weird being embarrassed to the point where I paused it and tried to start a conversation with Nicola. So, she would kind of... It was <laughs> like, like an elephant in the room. I was like, yeah, you're watching Homer roll around on the floor in his underwear. Now, he's getting <laughs> fucked from behind by a panda. And what, what is this shit? Like, this, is the, this is the stuff you're watching, Brendan? Like, yeah, this is keep the lights on, baby. <laughs> 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 uh, so overall, a really good start. I really enjoyed enjoyed the first act. I thought it had real promise. It just somehow got blurred. I don't know what happened in those last act and a half, but it was just a thumbs down for me. Yes, I think it's a cool concept that was just uh, poorly handled or straight up squandered. What did we learn, Palmer? What did you learn from Homer versus Dignity, Mister Davis? Uh, quite simply, never give away the money. Ever? <laughs> no, just, if just, you- don't. If you get, well, this is the thing. If you, all right, this this could, this could uh, turn some listeners away, Mister Davis. But if you're on the street and you find a fifty on the road, what do you do with it? Does it depend on the locale and where you find it? Like, if you find it at a supermarket, do you pick it up and hand it to the people at the shop? But if you're on a street with nobody else around, do you keep it, or do you just keep it no matter what? Um, if I didn't see it fall out of someone's uh, bag or hand or pocket or whatever. That money is mine. I'm sorry. <laughs> to, to, to quote the great singer-songwriter Stan Ridgway, pick it up and put it on your pocket or somebody else will. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> or right. To, or, to quote, or to quote that great uh, you know, oracle of wisdom, Marge Simpson, put it in your cap. Put that's, it in your cap. Yeah. The thing is, though, at least Homer earned the money in this. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> look, I, I think there's always going to be some small degree of guilt that is far outweighed by the glee that you feel when you've got found money, particularly like, you know, if you're talking about a $50 note, it's like, oh shit, someone's going to be really disappointed they <laughs> lost that. Yeah, but you know what? And it's, it's sort of in proportion to the joy you feel in finance. It's like, yeah, 50 bucks. Yeah. Um, uh, having said that, as I said, if if you know who lost it or if you're in kind of um, a situation where it's like, oh, look, I'm pretty sure it belongs to that person over there then, I don't know, do the right thing. Or, you know, maybe play your cards a bit sort of savvily and say, excuse me, did, did, did you drop something? Don't necessarily say, hey, did you drop this $50 bill? Because I say, yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're at 50 bucks. That wasn't I'm, the, I'm that the first guy. <laughs> <laughs> what did you learn, Dando? What did I learn? Well, I learned one thing. You don't trust Santa Claus. Oh, absolutely not. He's just going to hit you with fish guts. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. If you're a good boy or a bad boy, fish guts straight <laughs> in the face. All right, Mr. Davis, let's get into some mailbag. Javail! Javail is here! Ooh! Mailbag time. Now, Mr. Davis, you've flipped through. Oh, well, Keith Nettam uh, came to us and asking about, uh, about pranks that we've enjoyed, either we've been part of or uh, that we've um, heard about that we've enjoyed. Oh, look, I'm, I'm not a prankster myself. I do not. Uh, I don't like pulling pranks, and nor do I like having pranks pulled on me. Um, 
I, I, you know, I've got a few friends who are kind of like, they like making, well, they, I don't know if they still do because we're all too old for that shit now, but they certainly used to enjoy prank phone calls and all that kind of business. I'm like, I think yeah. you've mentioned this guy before, actually. He used to be really good at him, yeah? He is quite good at him, my friend Will. Um, but yeah, it's, it's never really been my bag. And in all honesty, I sort of hear, you know, if I hear that someone that I usually respect is a, a sort of a, a, a very hardcore prank puller, I'm like, eh. What sort of what's missing in your life that you have to do this all the time? I mean, even George Clooney. I've read that George Clooney was like a major sort of prank puller. I'm like, really, George? Come on, you're you're Danny Ocean. You can you don't really need to be pulling pranks. With that in mind, I'd like to sort of share an anecdote that I read, Clooney based, that I thought was really good. Um, it's my it's a prank that I thought he'd pulled off especially well. He he uh, apparently said he oh. He found this really god-awful painting, like, you know, dogs playing cards or just a real piece of shit painting by the side of the road, you know, on hard rubbish day. Something clicked in his mind. He took it home, put it aside, didn't tell anybody about it, and then started the long con, Danny Ocean style. He told this friend of his, oh, you know what, I've been doing art classes and... um, I really feel like, you know, it's, it's um, releasing something inside of me. I'm, I'm starting to feel more expressive than I ever have in my life. And, you know, yeah, it's really, really good. And his friend was like, oh, that's great, George. Fantastic. And he just kept doing this for like six months saying, yeah, I've been working on some really good stuff. And, uh, yeah, I'm really happy with going. Then finally he said, look, I feel a bit sort of, you know, sheepish about, you know, sharing my art with people. But I was thinking about you and I've put together this painting and I'd really like to give it to you as, as a work of art that I've been working on. And he gave him this dreadful piece of shit painting. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just, you know, watching the friend's expression like, oh, okay. <laughs> now, did, I mean, the person, did, did they keep it? I, I don't know how long he went before he actually revealed, no, you've been had. But I mean... <laughs> If you're willing to go, if you only put that much planning into it, and it's it's not especially kind of dignity sapping for the person involved. I mean, I don't like pranks where, you know, someone comes out of it like, oh, hey, guess what, you look like a loser. I'm not a huge fan of those. But something this wild and conceptual, I think, is just magnificent. <laughs> yeah, where it's sort of, it's, it's harmless fun where you're sort of making somebody, it, it, you, it, you're toying with their emotions, but not in a really hurtful way. When you're sort of... Pulling a prank that's going to completely embarrass people, embarrass somebody in front of other people. They're the pranks I don't like. You know what I mean? No, it's just like I'm not a fan. It's of those. The, the idea in theory sounds good, but then once it's actually executed, you're like, oh, yeah, this person feels probably really embarrassed and sad now, and I'm, I'm I've took, I've taken part in this. I'm a bad person. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but yeah, Keith also says, how much money would you take, or would it take for you to do a questionable prank? Like, what's your what's your figure? Oh, am I pulling the prank or? Yeah. Oh, okay then. Oh, oh I don't know, 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> the 50 on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah, pretty. <laughs> if, you've got any, yeah, if you've got any change left from that 50, I'll take that. <laughs> uh, next question comes from who, Mr. Davis? Uh, our pal DL Gorman. DL, he, they say, what do you imagine the plot of Smithers Malibu Stacey musical was about? Now I'm I'm not 100% sure cuz we only got a very little bit of it. I mean, but you can you can, you know, 
turn anything into a story these days. I mean, remember when the Lego movie came out? And I think beforehand everyone was like, what? Movie about Lego? What are you fucking kidding? And I mean, the first Lego movie for mine is up there with the Toy Story movies. It's fantastic. Really? Okay. I really I don't think it. I ever bothered watching it. Because oh, I was one of those people that went, oh, Lego movie. <laughs> the first Lego movie is really good. I've got the Lego, I've got the second one around here somewhere and I've heard it's not as good. And I keep thinking, uh, I'll get to it one of these days. But apparently they're making like a Barbie movie. Um, it was originally going to star like Anne Hathaway and then it was going to be Amy Schumer. And now I think it's going to be Margot Robbie, which I think is pretty good casting. Um, I could already see all the articles. The Simpsons predicted the Barbie stage show. Or yeah, whatever. yeah. But I mean, look, I, I can't think of a plot for the Malibu Stacey um, stage play, although I can think that would probably be a bit of an analogy given that it's written by Smithers. You know, just as um, Stacey, Malibu Stacey is coming out of her box, Smithers is coming out of the closet. So oh, wow. there we go. A bit of an analogy there, perhaps. So, so Ken... So Ken isn't actually in love with Barbie. He's actually in awe of the ability, her ability to be herself. Oh, I think so. Yeah, it's it's very it's a very empowering storyline. The, the Malibu Stacey thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a twist I didn't see coming. I like it. Hmm. <laughs> a final question here comes from Andrew Swan. He says, "What do you think the dumbest or lowest thing you've done to impress somebody has been?" Hoping for a great drunken guy story out of this. Are we going to get a, a drunken guy story out of this? Buckle up, friends. <laughs> what do you say put on your hat <laughs> put on your hard hat uh look i don't think this actually impressed anyone but there was certainly some drinking involved um also yeah disclaimer at the start uh don't do what donnie don't does in this case this is guy um because well this was back in the uh early 1990s and i had a crush on a, a young lady uh, we're not going to name names here but um did you fight your guts out in front of her uh, probably, but uh, but that's <laughs> but that's another story for another time. New no, listeners no. are like, what? <laughs> yeah. this, but this was the very uh, <laughs> this was the um, primo example of unrequited love. I think she probably knew that I had feelings, but she was not really that into me. But occasionally, sort of giving hints that she might be a little bit into me, that kind of thing. She was just she was just keeping you there, just in case. Yeah, she she kept me hanging on to quote the song. Um, one night, um, out at the club, and had a fair few drinks. There was another girl there who I think I'd been sort of flirting with as well, but she could tell that I only had eyes for this other girl, and she sort of so 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 you were doing to her what this girl was doing to you. Yeah, pretty much. It was a cycle of abuse. <laughs> <laughs> Continue. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you, had, so this, you, were, you were getting drawn along, and she and you were drawing her along, and a little bit. Oh, she could see that. Like, oh, you you only think about that other girl, you know. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, mm. <laughs> you know, I was, I was pretty pissed at this stage. Um, now, the other, the crush had left. The other girl had sort of yeah, given me the big palm off, understandably. I had a few more drinks uh, and then decided, you know what? Tonight's the night. I'm going to go tell crush girl how I really feel about her. Uh-oh. She's gone home, by the way. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to go to a window and say, it's me and I, I love you. That kind of thing. Uh, <laughs> Adrian. <laughs> oh, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> uh, now, because I'm not thinking straight uh, and also a cheapskate, I um, I take my car, which I shouldn't do. That's what, but you, that's so you were drink driving. You I was drink boy. driving, yes. And what's more, I got busted. <laughs> oh, did you really? What did Bobby yeah. have to say about this? Uh, 
Uh, he wasn't thrilled, but uh, Dad had enough sort of um, misadventure. What a scandal. I'm surprised the advertiser didn't run with it. <laughs> I was a bit terrified about that, but, you know. Bobby think- Davis's son. <laughs> <laughs> I think everything was kept fairly hush-hush, and not through any sort of nefarious means or anything like that. It was just, you know, it was a run-of-the-mill drink-driving case. Uh, but I got busted on the way there and all that kind of business, and so I didn't make a, I didn't make it across town to tell that girl how I felt about her, which in retrospect was probably a good thing for everybody concerned. Yeah, it would have been a worst case scenario if you had it actually got to her house. Oh, absolutely. So, <laughs> yeah. so, yeah, the cops did me a favour, the bottle did me a favour. A lot of things were working in my favour that night. But do not drink drive, people. That's the but message. But absolutely yeah. do not drink drive. Yes, it's yeah, – you'll, you'll spill your drink. Um, <laughs> All righty, guys. Well, that is our review. Of what was this Homer versus Dignity? An episode that, uh, yeah, I probably I watched the first act and then I just turn it off next time I watch it. There's no need to watch the last two thirds anymore for me. I know a lot of listeners out there have a nostalgic uh, love for this episode because it was on the um, one of the Christmas VHS tapes mm. had like, four various ones. I don't really even really see this as a Christmas episode because it could have been anybody. I mean, it's not even at Christmas time. It's at Thanksgiving. He's just dressed as Santa Claus in the yeah. in the parade. So anyway, um, yeah, Homer versus Dignity. We've watched thumbs it. Up. We don't need to watch it again. Yeah, yeah. A thumbs up. Watch it until Carl gets hit with pudding, basically. Uh, next week, we're going to be reviewing The Computer War Menace Shoes. And our dear friend, $20 patron, Jordan Molman Richie, has posted in the Patreon group on Facebook saying that this one is even worse than Homer vs. Dignity. Now, I, I have wait. memories of this one. So, I would have been, what, 12, 13-ish when this came out. And I remember when this episode finished, when it first aired... It was the first time I had no idea what was going on. <laughs> so, so it was the first time where I sort of scratched my head and went, oh, okay, I'm a bit confused now. I, I don't get it. And it's because the last sort of act of the episode is a take on the old TV show, The Prisoner. So ah. many young viewers had no fucking clue what The Prisoner was, like the old, the old TV show. Not the Australian prison show, The Prisoner, the 70s show. Not um, Prisoner, The Prisoner. Yeah, yes. The Prisoner, yeah. So if you're a fan of that show, you'll probably will like the last act. I haven't gone back and watched this one in God knows how long. So I'm looking forward to it from that perspective because I can't remember all too much except for the fact that the, the ending really confused me. And there's a koala in there at some point. So we'll see how it goes. But a lot of people are telling us that the next episode is worse than this one. And I... Not too sure it can get much worse than how this episode ended for me. So we shall see about that. But anyway, guys, thank you so much once again for listening. Don't forget, sign up to Patreon, patreon.com slash four-figure discount for the month of September. You can join the four-figure discount Patreon group on Facebook for just being a $1 patron where you get also access to the Guy and Dando show where we just did our episode on our favorite horror villains as well as plenty other Guy and Dando shows available for just $1 on the Patreon page. Make sure you do that. Also, don't forget to rate and review us in the iTunes store. It's the best way for us to boost up the rankings in iTunes when people search for Simpsons Podcast. And if you're not a patient, you want to get in touch with us, mailbag at fourfingerdiscount.com.au. Follow us on Twitter at fourfingerpod. But for now, I'm Dando. Mr. Davis, any final words for the listeners? Don't touch me, Dando. Nothing gives you that right.